welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. I wanted to mention this as we get ready uh, to prepare to go into the word this morning. And I just want to share a couple thoughts with you uh, as we continue our Good Ground series. But starting next week, we are going to be kicking off our fall semester for our life classes. Uh, real quick, wave at me if you've been through spiritual growth one or two or both. Wow, that's a phenomenal. We celebrate you guys. Spiritual growth one, if you're new to the church or uh, if you're new in your relationship with the Lord, Spiritual Growth One is a great class because it's going to help li- uh, lay a biblical foundation, talking about building the church and building upon Christ. Spiritual Growth One helps lay a biblical foundation so that you can grow in the Word of God. And we cover several topics throughout Spiritual Growth One, whether it be baptism, communion, uh, we talk about the power of prayer activating your faith, the importance of reading the Word of God, the Great Commission, uh, giving. We cover so many different things that is pertinent to your walk with the Lord. And so if you have not taken Spiritual Growth One, we encourage you to do so. Now for those that have completed Spiritual Growth One, I highly encourage you to take Spiritual Growth Two because it's all about refining and developing your leadership. I want to say this this morning over everyone that's in this place, everyone in here, everyone not some, not a few, everyone, someone say everyone, now say me, okay, so now we got everyone included in that, is called to be a leader. Leader is not about a title, leader is your ability to influence. And every day you have somebody in your sphere of influence that you can make an impact with through the gospel. And so it's important to recognize we're all called to be leaders and we want to grow, develop, and refine our leadership. Spiritual growth too, it focuses on that. And then last but certainly not least, if you've done spiritual growth one and two, we have a new class that's starting and this is actually going to be on Sunday nights and we're calling it ministry school. And so those that have finished spiritual growth too, I want to take a moment and just talk about this because ministry school is all about activation. Uh, In fact, we are just... Uh, getting ready to firm up the the outline for the 10 weeks together and in ministry school we're going to be talking about understanding the the importance of fivefold ministry we're going to be talking about the gifts that the lord has given us the gifts of the spirit to walk in there's nine gifts of the spirit and we're going to talk about how to activate those gifts how to walk in those gifts i put it like this the lord did not give the gifts simply for them to look nice on the pages of the Bible. He gave them for the saints to be active in them to make a difference. Okay, a few amens. Like, listen, if he's given the gift of healing, why would I not exercise that in my household if my children are sick? It's a gift. It's meant to be used. It's not meant to to sit on the shelf. So in ministry school, we're going to talk about the importance of fivefold ministry. We're going to be talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit and how to activate them. And really, the goal of ministry school is to get you activated so that now you can go into your community and you can be able to serve your community, loving them and being able to, to, to walk the way that the Word of God has commanded us to walk to make a difference in reaching our world with life. Amen to that. So, life classes, they're starting next week, Sunday night, 5 30, ministry school. And then on the 21st of August, Monday evening, 
It's at 7 p.m. for Spiritual Growth 1 and 2. And I'll add into that, we also have Financial Peace University. If you want to know how to crush debt and be awesome with your money, sign up for the class. That's all I got to say about the class. It's going to be awesome. God wants to have a debt-free church, amen? God does not want the borrower subject to the lender, amen? God wants you to be blessed and financially free, amen? God wants every area of your life functioning at full capacity, amen? He wants us blessed in every area, physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially. He wants your businesses to be blessed. And on that, I'm going to take a moment real quick. Uh, this is a really long intro getting into this thought. We will get there, I promise. Um, but I wanted to take a moment this morning as I actually lead into uh, the second part of our teaching on good ground, which didn't Bishop do a phenomenal job last week? Just lights out, boom, boom. He was like, listen, you sow and you reap, bang, bang. Got you with the two punch. I highly recommend to go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, man, it was awesome. It was life-giving. It was so good. But he laid a foundation in the understanding that, that through our sowing into good ground, help me out this morning, say good ground. When we sow into good ground, it positions us to be able to have expectation for a harvest. Pretty simple. There's, there's no reason to complicate sowing and reaping. Sow a good seed, get a good harvest. Make sure that I'm cultivating and tilling and, and, and doing what I need to do, all the seeds in the ground. And we're going to talk about that this morning. But it's pretty simple. Sow a good seed, get a good harvest. And so last week as he was talking about that, he really challenged us, you know, what are areas of our life that, that we should be in a place of expectation so we can see the Lord move? Because the Lord wants us blessed and prosperous in every area. Amen. And so I want to take a moment this morning and I want to encourage you that, that the Lord wants you to be blessed and prosperous in every area. And, and I'm going to take this time right now to say, and he specifically wants to do that in the areas of your business. A few weeks ago, we were in a service and I was talking about uh, dwelling in the house of the Lord. And in that time, talking about the dwelling of the house of the Lord, I made a statement that I fear as if led some people to a place of confusion. And this morning, I want to take a moment and publicly recognize the statement that I had made. At the end of the day, I'm not here trying to just preach a message, but I have a mandate and a responsibility as a shepherd to lead and to lead well. And it doesn't matter how powerful or how loudly someone can preach, if there's not clarity, it creates confusion. And I want you to understand this, from our hearts, from pastoral leadership, we believe in the businesses that the Lord has led you to start to work and to grow and thrive in. The context of the service that I shared several weeks back was the understanding that when Jesus came into the temple, it became a marketplace. Now, I stand by my statement because the church is called to thrive in the marketplace, but the house of worship is not designed to become a marketplace. But in the book of Acts, chapters 1 through 3 in the early church, what allowed the church to grow and to thrive was the fact that the businesses came and helped one another, and that's where the statement was made, there was no need unmet. Why? Because the people of the body of Christ ministered to the need. So we need our businesses, we need them to be successful, we need them to be blessed, and we need them to thrive. Amen? But the priority is, is that we are a house of worship first, we come to seek the presence of the Lord. And sometimes it's easy to lose 
sight of that and we can get caught up into a lot of things that the Lord's doing, but I want to tell you this, is that we need to exchange business ideas. We need to grow in the areas of business because you might know something that I don't know. I might know something that you don't know, but together we're better. Amen? And so to bring clarity to the statement that was made is that we believe in the businesses, we believe in you guys prospering, we want to see your great success in every area, but we just can't lose sight that first and foremost, we're here to see Jesus. And so I wanted to bring clarity to that, lest there be confusion, because the reality is we can't teach on a series called Good Ground and you not see the good ground of your financial life successful. This is why it's so important that as we get into this series and we talk about things like tithe and, and offering, they're two separate words, by the way, they're two separate actions. They're not one. There's tithing, which is the 10%, and then there's the offering, the over and above. And as we get deeper into the series, we'll talk about it. I know someone just rolled their eyes right now. Oh, there goes the pastor talking about tithe. You don't understand. Tithing is what puts you in position for the blessing. You know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says, for the love of money, not money, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Let me clarify, it is a root, not the sole root of evil. Money is not the root of evil. Because if that was the case, then what would we do about Lucifer? He didn't have a money problem when he sinned and got kicked out of heaven. What would we do about Adam? Adam didn't have a money problem when he sinned and got removed out of the garden. What do we do about David? David didn't have a money problem when, when he committed it. Those weren't his problems. Those weren't their problems. You could change the word money for anything. For the love of social media can become a root of evil. For the love of sex can become the root of evil. You put it in there, but what the Bible is talking about and trying to illustrate is the fact that money is the thing, though, that causes us to fall into a bracket of greediness. Now hear this, you can be successful and have greed in your heart, and you can be successful and have God in your heart. You can be successful through greediness or godliness. The difference is this, at the end of the day, if, depending on which uh, direction that you turn into, if it's godliness, I'm going to go to sleep with my heart full. If it's greediness, I'm going to go to sleep with my heart empty. Wow. Quietness hits the place this morning. Isn't it a good thing I'm not just talking about tithe and offering today? I'm encouraging you with this because there's some poverty devils y'all need to shake off your life and it ain't going to happen until you get free from yourself. And so you want to hold on to the whole 100% of your tithe and the reality is this, trust that God can do more with 10% than you could do with 90%. The greatest ground to sow into is the ground of the Lord. To honor him with our first, to honor him with our best, to set before him and to know that he is the one that makes us prosperous. It's through his word. And so I need the seed of his word to touch my heart. Your hand is just an extension of your heart. Your hand's an extension of your heart. And so it doesn't matter what you do with your hands if your heart's not right. That's what I'm saying is that you can have greed in your heart and be successful with your hands. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to live myself, I'm going to live my life for myself and not my life for how I can see, as we sang earlier, the church to be built. I want to see the Lord's house built. 
I want to see what the Lord spoke to this house flourish. I want to see us reach our world with life. And it's going to be through me having a right heart, which is extended through the way that I live my life and the way that you live your life. So it's a, it's a heart matter. And I want, to, I want to talk to you about that this morning as we're talking about in this series, Good Ground. Over the next several weeks, I want to break this up into several different areas. I want to talk about your heart today. In fact, the title that I gave for this morning's sermon is The Soil of Your Heart. The Soil of Your Heart. And then later on, I want to talk about the house. And then the last part of our teaching, I want to talk about the holy place. So for those of you that are taking notes, over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the heart, the house, and the holy place. The heart, the house, the holy place. And the reality is you can step into this holy place, but if your heart's not right, you won't be able to see the full measure of what the Lord wants to do. Just because you come to church is not a guaranteed blessing on your life. It's a heart matter first. So we want to talk about the soil of your heart this morning. If you can help me out, let's turn to Mark's gospel. Mark's gospel chapter 4 is what we want to look at. I'm going to go ahead and give you several passages that we'll read from so that you can mark these down and then we can quickly turn to them. We're going to, we're going to go to uh, Mark 4. We're going to read verses 26 and 28. And then after that, we're going to read Mark chapter 4, same chapter. We're going to go backwards and we're going to read verses 16 and 17. And then the last scripture that we're going to touch on which will really be our focus scripture for the day, will be James chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. So Mark chapter 4, verses 26, 27, then verses 16, 17, and then we're going to look at James chapter 1, verses 21 and 22 as we talk about the soil of your heart. And Father, we thank you for this day today again. Jesus, you are wonderful, you are holy, you are marvelous and beautiful. We bless your name today. We thank you, Lord, over these next several moments as we just look into your holy scriptures. Lord, let it speak life. Let it give life. Lord, let the soil of our hearts become pliable so that your word can be implanted. And through it, Lord, we thank you for the good fruit, the good harvest that you want to come forth. Again, Father, open up our eyes, open up our ears, open up our hearts, that as we lean into your word, the way that we came is not the way that we're going to leave. But Father, we thank you for building your church today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. The Bible says this in the book of Mark, chapter 4, starting in verse 26. Jesus is giving the second of, of three parables that talks about the sowing of a seed. And he says this in verse 26, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how for the earth yields crops by itself. For first the blade, then the head, and after the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. The harvest has come. I, I want to look at the first part in verse 26 this morning. He says this, and the kingdom of God is as if a man should. Somebody say should. 
So there's an intent there. There's an intent that we should sow seed. It doesn't mean that you have to. It doesn't mean that you're forced to. It doesn't mean that you're put up against the wall and, 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 and made to have to sow a seed. It's really optional. You have the option of whether or not you want to sow the seed or not. But what Jesus is saying is that if you want the kingdom, then here's what you should do if you want to see the kingdom. If you want to see the kingdom manifested, if you want to see the kingdom take place in your life and, and in your family and in, in our community and in your job and in every area of your life, here's what you should do. And he goes on and he says that you should scatter seed on the ground. But that's only one of three shoulds. There's three shoulds in this opening text. He says this is that you should scatter seed, you should sleep by night, rise by day, and you should see it sprout and grow. So you should sow seed, you should sleep by night, rise by day, and then you should see it sprout and grow. It's interesting because Mark's gospel right here in chapter 4 verse 26 is actually a depiction of the life of Jesus. Talking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It says this is that the kingdom as if a man should scatter seed. Well, who is Jesus? He is the incorruptible seed. So when a seed is dropped into the ground, it immediately, as it hits the earth, it dies and it releases all of its nutrients and in a well-cultivated ground, it begins to take root and it begins to come back to life. And as it's under the ground, as it's buried, okay, as the seed's in the ground and it's buried, it's over a period of time that now it begins to sprout and grow. Well, what happened with Jesus? He was the incorruptible seed that died for you, for me, for all of humanity so that we could be saved, set free, and delivered. He went to the grave three days, buried, seed buried. And then what happened at the end of the third day? He rose, sprout, growth. He came back to life again. So when you're reading Mark 4, see Jesus in this. In fact, every scripture in the Bible and every page that you turn, you should see Jesus in. I don't care if you're looking in the book of Leviticus, Jesus is in Leviticus. He's in every book of the Bible. In Mark 4, what Jesus is saying, understand this, this is how it works. There has to be the sowing of a seed. It has to be buried in order for it to now sprout and grow. So you're following this. Three shoulds. You should sow seed. As you're sleeping and as you're rising, that seed's in the ground. It's germinating. It's developing. It's taking root. So that the moment can come that the seed will now sprout out of the ground. Let me tell you something. The, the, the greatest thing that crushes the faith of a believer is time. That's why he says in, in Genesis 8 and 26, he says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. It's a, it's a, it's a packaged word. There's a seed, a time, and a harvest. I can see the seed that I sow. And if it's an apple seed, I have a picture of an apple tree, which should be the harvest, so I can see that. But the one thing you cannot see is time. And time is what crushes the faith of a believer because I want it and I want it now. But if you have ever tried to force grow something, you will get a premature crop that will never be able to be what it was intended it to be. That's why he says some 30, 60, and 100. You're not going to get the 100. You're going to shortchange yourself. So there's a time period in which that seed is in the ground that it needs to begin to take root. 
Now the ground, which is the soil, in order for good seed to take into good ground, the soil has to be right. Tell somebody next to you, the soil has to be right. And so as we read this portion in Mark 4, he says this as he said, the kingdom should be as a man scatters seed, sleeps by night, rises by day, but then he says, and then it should sprout and grow. It should sprout, but what would cause it not to sprout and grow? It's a very, very, very simple answer. What would cause the seed not to sprout and grow is the condition of the soil. In fact, the Bible says, and this is the second portion of Scripture I wanted us to look at, in verse 16 of Mark chapter 4, Jesus is breaking down this parable of the sower. He says there's seed that is on the path that the birds, they pick it up. There is seed that falls upon the stony ground. And then there's seed that goes into the ground and it begins to grow with the thorns. And it begins to, 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 to grow with the weeds. And the thorns and the weeds, it chokes it out. But the middle illustration, he says this, verse 16. Likewise, there are one sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time and afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake they immediately stumble now what Jesus is illustrating here is this he says there's seed that goes on the path of the birds they come and they take it right away you don't even get a chance to let that seed get into the soil. Then later on, he says there's seed that's in the soil, and as it begins to grow, there are weeds that begin to choke it out, but still, the seed is now in growth mode. The one place that causes a seed not to take root is the stony ground. It's the one place. Oh, it, the ground receives it, but because the soil is hard, that's why he's saying stony ground, it's hard ground. And for some of us, our hearts have been hardened for so long that we hear the word. It wants to begin to grow. It wants to begin to take root. But the moment I leave from here because my heart has been so hardened by the things of this world, the tribulations and the persecution, the word doesn't have an opportunity to take root and grow. But if I can get the condition of my heart, the soil of my heart right, if I can break up the stony ground, anyone that knows in a building project, there's a term that's called we're breaking ground. In other words, we're cultivating the ground, we're preparing the ground to be able to build upon. And if the Lord's going to build his church, he wants to build it upon ground that's not stony and hard, not on hearts that are closed and jaded and hurting. He wants to heal your hearts. He wants to mend your brokenness, but he wants the soil of your heart to be a place that he can build upon. And so it's the, the soil of our heart. And if we can get our heart right, then what we put our hand to can be right. What we put our head to can be right. Nothing worse than not having our heart right, because if your heart's not right, how many of you know your head's going to be messed up all the day long? But I get my heart right, and my head's right. Get my heart right, what I do, what the Lord's called me to do with these hands, man, that's going to be right, because it's going to be with the right spirit. It's going to be with the right heart. It's going to be with the right focus. So the soil of our heart, and Jesus is saying, it should sprout, it should grow, but he says, 
What causes it not to do that is stony ground. So let's talk about how can we shift our hearts from a stony place to a pliable place so that we can allow the Word of God to take root. Because it's the Word of God in our hearts that produces the hundredfold. The Word of God in your heart is what's going to give you the hundredfold in your hand. Get our heart right and all of it comes together. James chapter 1, and this is where we're going to take the, the rest of our time this morning. Turn with me there, James chapter 1. Bible says this in verse 21. James writes and he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, this is important because this is not salvation of just the moment that I came forward and received Jesus. Every day I need my soul to be saved. You say, I didn't know that I can lose salvation in my soul. <laughs> you can receive Jesus and let the world get in your heart and mess you up and you won't feel like you're saved. It doesn't matter if you confessed it, I want to live it. I need my confession, but I want to live it. That's why he goes on from here and he says this, that you got to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And so, as we look at this scripture here, he says this, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. So the word of God is designed and intended, and intended to be planted into your heart. But what keeps the word of God from being able to be planted in your heart the Bible says is filthiness and wickedness. Now, I'm not going to go on and start listing off a whole bunch of sins that would represent filthiness and wickedness because you can quickly gather what would cause your heart to be compromised. But the reality is, is I got to get the junk out if I want the good things to be planted in. So I can't allow filthiness and I can't allow wickedness and I can't allow the things of this world to occupy my heart, because if not, then I'm not going to be able to see the harvest sprout grow. I'm not going to see the good fruit. I'm not going to be able to see the things that, that the Lord wants for my life to be manifested at, at its fullest. So I got I to gotta take care of the condition of my heart, the soil of my heart. It's interesting. Y'all remember the, the, the movie that came back? Wow, at this point, it's almost 15 years. Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Remember in the movie, uh, in the first one with... Tony Stark when he was in that, that, that moment where that explosion went off and he got all that shrapnel that was in his chest and that shrapnel that was in his chest they couldn't take it out and where was it headed if you saw the movie the shrapnel's headed to, to his heart and so he comes up with this thing called the arc reactor and he places it in his chest for some of you that are like all into Marvel like yes pastor this is a, just, just preach on this all day next week can we do the Avengers yeah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I got them for you. <laughs> Some of you are like, I, I'm still watching Legends of the Fall. I'm still on Brad Pitt's flowy blonde hair. Dude's almost 60, get over it. Get over it. <laughs> But y'all remember, so he's got this thing in his chest, this arc reactor, and the, and, and the thing about it was he places this energy in the center of him, and it keeps the shrapnel from getting to his heart. It keeps it out. And what James is writing here is he's saying, you need the implanted word 
Because when the implanted word is in your heart, the enemy is going to try and create compromise. He's going to try and come at you with other filthiness and wickedness and junk and all kinds of things. But, but if you've got the implanted word in your life and you're a doer of that word, all the bad things that are trying to get in, it won't compromise you. It'll keep it out. It'll push it out. When I have Jesus at the center of my life, the living word of God at the center of my life, and I can't allow anything to compromise the living word in my heart. And that's why James says this, you can't just be a hearer of this good word, you gotta be a doer of it. What am I doing? I'm constantly going back and I'm tilling and I'm protecting and I'm caring for the ground. That's what he means by being a doer of the word. He says, get rid of filthiness and wickedness, but now you gotta continue to protect your heart by being a doer of that word. This makes sense. Because some of us, we just, I got it all out and I'm good. And I'm going about doing the word. And, and well, what does that even mean? Well, I'm walking in faith. That's great. But what does that mean? It means that I'm not allowing anything to compromise what the word of God said in my heart, which I have to be on guard. See, this was the problem with Adam in the garden. His responsibility was to till, which means cultivate the ground, prepare the soil, keep it right. Lord was responsible for making sure that the trees grow and that the fruit flourishes on the trees. But Adam had a responsibility in the garden. Adam didn't get a free ticket to just hang out and do nothing. See, that's what some of us think. You just got to be naked in the garden with his wife and do whatever naked people do in the garden. Letting that settle in for a second. <laughs> Naked married people. There's got to be a lesson about marriage in this somewhere, right? Come on. I mean, <laughs> but he had a responsibility to till the ground, to keep it cultivated so that good fruit could continue to come forth. He had to take, make sure that the good ground was cultivated. So he tilled the ground, but he also had a responsibility to protect the ground, which means anything that would create compromise, he had to keep it out. And so one day he was just kicking back, not paying attention, and we know the story goes that the serpent comes in, the devil in the form of the serpent comes in, tempts Eve, Eve partakes of the fruit, gets Adam to partake of the fruit, and the whole entire agenda is compromised. Why? Because he did not protect, not the earthly ground, he stopped protecting the ground of his heart. And the moment that he let down the guard of his heart, that's why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all, my goodness, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it will spring forth the issues of life. If you don't like the issues that are in your life, what's in your heart? If you don't like the reality that you're living in, what's the reality of your heart? Because all that you are is an external expression that is formed from an internal conclusion. I've said that statement before. What you believe on the inside is how you're going to live your life on the outside. And maybe for some of you, it's just simply changing the way that you think and changing the way that you speak. Yeah, but you don't understand. My situation is really hard. I lost my job. I lost my family. My kids don't love me. Nothing's working out. Well, that's the reality of your mind. But if you change how you see yourself in your heart, I am prosperous. I am whole. I can get a job. My family will be saved. My children will love me. And you change the narrative of how you speak. So you are what you've concluded on the inside. 
And I've concluded on the inside, I'm going to live my life prosperous. I'm going to live my life healthy. I'm going to live my life before the Lord in awe and reverence to the King. That is the church that we will be. We will be the church that lives and honors and worships the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will walk in everything his kingdom says that we could walk in. Which means I get to be blessed physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. I want it all, baby, hundredfold. So you got to guard your heart. And he's saying the way that you guard it is you got to watch out because filthiness and wickedness, in other words, the ways of the world is going to try and seep in. But he says with all meekness, humility. In other words, don't be a know-it-all. Say, Lord, my heart is for you. And God, I can't do it without you. I need you every day. That's my prayer. Every moment. Every week before the Lord graciously gives me an opportunity to, to, to minister to you all, I always say to the Lord, I thank you, Lord. It's not me, it's you, and I'm grateful and I'm thankful. I, it doesn't have to, it could have been anybody else that could minister and speak and preach, but Lord, thank you. Thank you. Touch my heart, Lord, because it is not by the works of man. It's you, Lord, and that should be the prayer for all of us. It's you, Lord. It's you, Lord, that gave me breath this morning when I woke up. It's you, Lord, that gave me strength so I could go to the job. It's you, Lord, that helps me to be able to think right, walk right, act right, speak right. It's you, Lord. And so I lean to you. I look to you. So you've got to guard the heart. But the Lord is looking at your heart. He's looking at our heart. I want to give you a couple of heart scriptures this morning of, of how to tend and till and, and cultivate your heart. The Bible says this in the book of Psalm. If you can help me out and turn with me this morning, I, I think our team has this. Psalm uh, 51 is where I want to go to. 51 verses 16 and 17. This is right on the heels of David saying, Lord, make a clean heart in me. Renew me with your spirit. Take not your spirit from me. Right? He, he has this whole moment before the Lord where he's repenting and getting his life right. But he says this in verse 16, Psalm 51, verse 16 says this, For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Now hear me, the Lord loves our sacrifice. The Lord honors, respects, and blesses the things that we lay on the altar and the things that we give to him and the things that we sow to him. But what he desires, first and foremost, before all, David says, you desire the sacrifices of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. A broken spirit and a contrite means crushed. The Lord is saying, I, I, I want you to offer me a broken spirit, meaning not to be broken by something, but to be broken for something. Two different things. I want you to be broken for me. Lay it all on the line for me. And he says, a broken spirit, a submitted spirit, a repentive spirit, a spirit that is looking to me, leaning to me, trusting me, and a crushed, contrite, crushed. Now, isn't it interesting, 
In order for soil to receive seed, good soil to receive good seed, the ground has to be crushed. The ground has to be a a contrite type of ground. It has to be crushed. And until the ground is crushed, and until, until the, and, and in modern uh, agriculture, now we've got these, these machines that go out there and they till the ground with these blades. It gets up underneath the hard surface top soil. It gets underneath it. It breaks it up so that when the farmers go out with the seeds, the seed can go down deep into the soil and begin to take root. Isn't that amazing? David says the sacrifices is soil. Think about that. He said the sacrifice is not the seed that you give. The sacrifice is the soil. Because the reality is if I give the Lord the soil of my heart, then the implanted word becomes the seed. You're tracking with me this morning. Now don't get it confused because we get to sow from the extension of our heart, from the soil, the fruitfulness of our heart, we get to set before the Lord into his ground. You follow me with this this morning. But first and foremost, he wants the soil of your heart. And David says the key is to offer the Lord soil that he can sow into. And when I offer the Lord soil that he can sow into, now the Lord will begin to increase in my life and I'll become fruitful out of my life. The Lord wants you to be fruitful, but it starts with the soil of your heart. And a lot of times, life hits us every which way, and, 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 our, and our hearts become hard. It becomes ground that can't receive the implanted word of God. And we're wondering, Lord, why am I seeing a small measure? Lord, how come I'm seeing no measure? And the Lord's saying, I got to till your heart. I, I need your heart to be broken up so, so that I can work with you. I can use you. I can, it's something like, it's, it's, it's moldable. It's pliable. Some of us, we get so hard in life and we shut the Lord out because of other things. The Lord's saying, I just want to touch your heart. And David says, a broken and contrite heart. A pliable, broken up soil for the implanted word. That's, that's what the Lord desires first, first and foremost. So we have to have a, a heart that's pliable, a heart that can be tilled. The second thing is this, and I already quoted it, but... Proverbs 4.23, once the heart is in a place where, where the soil of your heart is, 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 is able to receive that word, able to receive that seed, now I got to guard it. I got to protect it. I got to make sure that, that the enemy now doesn't come in and, 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 and tries to mess it all up. So I get with, above all diligence, I got to guard my heart because now out of it, isn't it amazing? You can have good soil, sow a good seed, but if you don't guard the ground, the whole entire operation is compromised. Some of us are saying, but it was good ground and I sowed good seed. Yeah, but there's a time in between you got to water it, you got to nourish it, you got to take care of it. It's not just sow and walk away. Every day, if I sow a seed believing for God to do something specific in my life, I'm watering it with my prayer life. I'm watering it with my worship life. I'm watering it every day in my prayer, in my praise, in my giving, in my loving. Lord, I'm watering it because I know with great expectation this thing is going to come forth and it's going to be great. So above all, you're going to guard your heart. And then the last thing that I just want to, last scripture I want to share with you on these heart scriptures this morning is that the Bible says in Luke 6.45, out of the good treasure of a good heart will bring forth 
good, and out of the evil treasure of evil will bring forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's amazing how powerful our words are. And I know I touched on it already, but I just, I, I got to caution you, church. Your words are powerful, not just at one another for yourself. How you speak will deter- determine the course of your life. I want to just charge you up. You got to fill your mouth with his word. You got to declare his word. You got to speak his word. You got to live that word. You got to allow that to be what is on your lips. It's so easy. Well, that was just a little, you know, I was frustrated. Yeah, but if you start allowing those frustrations to build up, then what you're speaking creates the narrative of your life. And it will become a reality. And so you got to make sure out of the abundance of the heart, because the Lord wants good treasures to come forth out of your life. Guard your heart. Don't allow the junk to get in. It was interesting. Um, in the 1970s, when they were building up the communities in South Florida, there was only but a f- two or three uh, home builders at the time. Uh, and at that time, what they would do is preparing to build the house, they would begin to cultivate the ground, and so they would dig out the ground. Dig out the ground. They would break ground. They would prepare it. But one of the home builders um, had a lot of waste from building the house, extra lumber, different scraps. And, and so, so this particular individual thought it would be great to just take all of that trash, all of that scraps, and throw it into the pit that was under the foundation of the house. And so over time, that, that trash, that waste that, that, that the builder just laid into the ground because he didn't want to take it to a dumpster or take it to some other trash site out of laziness, just allowed it to be part of the foundation of the ground. Well, you know, trash decomposes over time. And there's a lot of houses in South Florida today that the floors are now a little uneven. I know some of you wives are like hitting your husbands. I told you the house was uneven and we needed new floors. I can't guarantee insurance will cover it. But it's amazing because our lives we can find being uneven because we allowed our life to be built upon the trash rather than built upon Christ. And there's things in our heart that's decomposing and if we're not guarding it, if we're not speaking life, and if we're not protecting it, it's causing our whole life to be unbalanced and uneven. And the Lord does not want you to be uneven. He does, the worst thing in the world is to have a good tree on uneven ground. That's what creates low-hanging fruit over time. The tree is kind of lopsided. It's not healthy for the tree. But when we can allow our hearts to be level, guarded, toiled, prepared, it's so important. Then we're going to live this even life, this, this balanced life that we can be built upon or that we can build upon Christ. I just want to close with this, this last thought this morning. And I hope that you're getting something out of this because I really want from... This moment when we conclude today, when you leave, I really want you to examine yourself and say, Lord, what is it that I've allowed into my life that doesn't belong? What, what arguments have I entertained? What, what frustrations have I dwelled on? What, what things have, have crept in that has created compromise, that, it, that, has, that has established a type of, of, of being imbalanced? We have to continually, it's not one and done, cultivate the ground. If you want to continually see good fruit come out of your life, 
You have to continually cultivate the ground. This is why they do it seasonally every single year. Farmers don't just have a piece of land. They cultivate it once. They plant seed. Good fruit comes, and then that's it, and they walk away. They know the next season, if they want continually good fruit to come forth, they have to go back to the ground. They have to retill it. They have to take care of it, and the process repeats. That's why James is saying, be a doer of the word. You have to go back and make sure that filthiness and wickedness does not come back in. It's the wash, the rinse, the repeat. He's saying you got to do this over and over and over if you want to continually see good fruit out of the good ground take place. But when I take care of the ground and I make sure that the soil is conditioned for the seed to take root and as I am watering it and caring for it, the Bible says it should sprout. It should grow. So the intention for what the Lord wants to do in your life is that you should be prosperous. You should increase. You should be victorious. You should be whole. You should be healed. You should be saved. That's the intent. He's saying this should happen. Oh, well, pastor, it's hard. Life is hard. You don't understand my life. And I might not ever understand your life, but I understand life. And life is not going to be easy. But life is designed to be fruitful. You're designed to be fruitful. So when a seed goes into the ground, and you go to sleep, you don't know what's going on underground. But there is a term for it of what takes place. This is going to dovetail nicely with what our youth have been speaking to, which I celebrate. Wherever, where's Jaden at? Dude, hunger and thirst, man. You are like, I'm on it. Isn't that interesting? He didn't go to camp last year. Had a desire to go this year and immediately sowed into good ground. It's not by accident or mistake that you said, I'm going to give this right now and secure my spot. Well, you get the fruit of what you sowed into, the good ground. And what the Lord's going to do through your life, young man, is going to be powerful. It's going to be mighty. And you are going to get to testify of the goodness and the love and the power of God. As you step foot onto your campus, I declare in the name of Jesus, cause them to be fruitful beyond measure. In the name of Jesus. If there was ever an example to be encouraged by, it was that right. I caught I call it when Pastor Gary said it. He said, man, he sowed the money. And guess what? He's reaping the harvest. He didn't buy hunger and thirst from the Lord, but he said, I've got to be in position. I've got to be in place for what the Lord's going to do. And so he was willing to give of himself. His hand was the extension of his heart. As the seed is in the ground, we don't see it. But we begin to nourish it and water it and care for it. So here's this process that takes place. It's an agricultural term and it's called thrive. And thriving is when a seed begins to grow through the soil. Now, I can't see that seed growing, but it is growing and it is pressed on all sides because it's in the soil. There's great persecution. There's great pressure. There's great tribulation. It's surrounded. It's compressed. In fact, in the soil where the seed is, it is the darkest place for the seed and some of you are questioning the seeds that you've sown because you feel like my life is 
very dark right now. Oh, I came to bring you encouragement this morning. Don't faint. David said, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Don't faint. The goodness of the Lord is upon you and it is with you. And as you continue to thrive because the soil, the condition of the soil is right. It's tender. It's the way that it's, in, it's designed and, and supposed to be. That seed begins to press through and sprouts. Lord, let me just see a little sprout. Some of us were waiting for the giant fruit tree. Lord, let me just see a little sprout. Just a little bit. This week as I go into to work, this week as I go into my community, this week, wherever I step foot, let me see a little sprout. We want to take quantum leaps sometimes with the Lord. And the Lord's just saying, take a simple step. Lord, let me see a little sprout this week. I came to tell you, it doesn't matter how dark, how heavy, how, how, how compressed your life might feel, you were can you say it? Made to thrive. <laughs> I promise you, I didn't put this message together because <laughs> it just worked. <laughs> made to thrive. You were made to thrive. You were made to thrive. The youth, you're made to thrive. Church, you're made to thrive. But it starts with the soil of your heart. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.